0: next chapter podcasts
1: what's up fleece army uh before we get started today and before i read any of these promos for next chapter podcasts i honestly from the bottom of my heart want to say a huge thank you to our booker emily she is literally the thing that is keeping this show going uh her great guests her positivity. I love her. And if we didn't have Emily, I would probably stop doing the show. So Emily, if you're listening to this episode, I fucking love you. I love you. Come to a jam, come to a show, leave the house. mishpucha. And now it's time to take a quick second to let you know about another show that next chapter podcast produces in partnership with BasketballNews.com. That's had an incredible lineup of people dropping by recently. It's the Rex Chapman Show, co-hosted by the king of Twitter and NBA All-Star himself and Rex's best friend actor Josh Hopkins from Cougar Town, True Detective, and CSI Miami. I'm telling you, you won't believe who they sit down to talk with from the world of pro sports and Hollywood like NBA champion Matt Barnes, Super Bowl winner Willie Colon, and international superstar Ice Cube. The episodes are funny, full of fascinating anecdotes, and give you an unguarded, authentic look into the lives of some of the most interesting people on the planet. So be sure to listen to The Rex Chapman Show wherever you get your podcasts, or visit basketballnews.com to watch videos of the show. Now, back to The 500. The
0: 500. 500 J.A.M. Been walking us down through That 2012 edition So it ain't nothing to you Hundreds more to go And in need of a friend The King of peace for Angelo Talking the 500 until the end Talking the 500 until the end With my man J.A.M. 500 Talking the 500 Until the end
1: I love you Oh you know it Are you ready to rock? The song is Sweet Leaf It's by Black Sabbath From their 1971 record Master of Reality and it's also number 300. I can't believe it, we're at 300 right now. This is the 500 with Josh Adam Myers. What's up everybody? Everybody's been waiting for this one. Everybody. And to get Jim to do this, this took, I mean, I was trying to book Jim months ago and and it just, he was like, I'm waiting for Black Sabbath, I'm waiting for Black Sabbath, and we got him. Came over to my house, he literally lives a block and a half away from me, not even. Like literally across the street. That's how much money we both have. We are multi, multi multi-millionaires. Do you want to come see me on the road? Uh, Because I got a bunch of shit. September 9th and 10th. This weekend, I'll be at the Albany Funny Bone headlining. Uh, I'll be at the Capital One Arena with Bill Burr in Washington, D.C. September 15th. Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia, September 16th. JFL Toronto doing shows and the goddamn Comedy Jam, September 23rd through the 25th. Then, Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, October 5th through the 9th. Then, Skankfest Vegas, October 14th through the 16th. It's going to be wild if you live close. Come to Skankfest. Then, a lot of ends. Funny Bone St. Louis, October 20th through the 23rd. And then Nick, my drummer, is getting married on... No, he's getting married on the 23rd. I'll be there the 20th through the 22nd. In New Orleans, so hopefully we can see each other out there. And then I'll be at the Comedy Cellar in Vegas, November 28th through December 4th. And I will be in Plano, Texas, New Year's Eve at the House of Comedy. And then there's a bunch of dates for 2023. It's going to be wild. Come and see me. My hour's a lot of fun, a lot of stand-up, a lot of stories, lots and lots of music. And you can get the tickets at JoshAdamMyers.com. Also follow me on social media at Josh Adam Myers. I post new clips daily: man on the street, stand up, musical stuff, regular jokes. It's everything. Be a part of my life. You see all the different concerts that I go to, like Billy Joel on mushrooms, or like The Shins on mushrooms, or like Rage Against the Machine on mushrooms, or just recently Roger Waters on mushrooms. Which I'm going to tonight because I'm recording this intro a little early. I am so excited so excited
0: welcome to the machine
1: and i'm just going to be like on another fucking planet join the patreon uh every wednesday we publish new episodes uh to the 500 patreon people that pay five dollars or more a month so and you get a fleece you get a sweatshirt you get a shirt you get a whole bunch of stuff and you get to ask questions to the guests patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast if you haven't subscribed you're doing a good thing and you're helping everybody out give us your money like I said at the beginning I've been wanting to get Jim Norton for a minute and we got him for honestly one of his favorite bands this is a fun episode if you don't know who Jim Norton is I don't know why I'm talking like this now but I am Uh, HBO Netflix The degenerates Uh, he's you know Opie and Anthony is where he got a lot of, of shine and now He's a co host of Jim Norton and Sam Roberts on Sirius XM Radio. He is an incredible comic. Uh, so happy that he came on for this. And, uh, and he's a bud, man. So enjoy this. Rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the 500. Listen free on all platforms. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media joshadammyers.com for tickets. Email the podcast at 500 podcastgmailcom at gmail.com. Follow the Facebook group run by Crazy Evan. And for all things 500, go to the website, the500podcasts.com. All right. Master of Reality by Black Sabbath. Here we go. Jim Norton. Jim Norton. This is, I can't do this right now after being at Five Nights of Rage Against the Machine. How was that? Was that good?
2: Uh, it was really good. Yeah, I was expecting it to be uncomfortable and hard to listen to, but it was really good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're All right now,
1: is it sad that this is my first real foray into Black Sabbath?
2: No, I mean I understand because a lot of uh, you know people who didn't get into them. One of my greatest accomplishments as a man is getting Ben Bailey. Uh, into Ozzy and Sabbath. He's a comedian. He hosted Cash. Oh, I know. Oh, you know
1: okay Okay, I jammed I jam with him at Madison Square Garden oh, with Burr, and there's this great picture <laughs> that I'll post where we're all surrounding Bill's drum set, and he's like, fuck yeah, and in the background is Ben still noodling on the guitar, <laughs> like not even having any idea that this like incredible photographer is shooting all... It was just great.
2: Yeah, Ben, uh, my greatest accomplishment... Is getting Ben into Black Sabbath. Um, I forget what record I started him with. It might have been Paranoid because that's like you know it's got the uh, Paranoid and Iron Man on it and War But then he was like, "What's that?" And he got into Master Reality. And He got into Sabotage and Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. So yeah, I understand if people just getting into it. I hope you pick up uh, more because all the I, stuff is amazing. Well, as
1: you as you came in, I don't know if you noticed, but I was listening to Ozzy.
2: I heard uh, the end of No More Tears. Yes,
1: yeah. which I, I love that song because I love that. It's every at the end of every stanza. It's just
2: wow!
1: My favorite Ozzy thing ever is the music video that he did with Lita Ford.
2: Oh, close my eyes forever. Yeah, but do you remember the music video? Vaguely, it was an eighties love song music video, though.
1: Which is which is against your. That's against everything you stand for.
2: No, I'm a sap. I like take my breath away. I'm really a, oh, I have weird music taste. Love uh, a good sappy love song I mean I of course we all love Rihanna's Umbrella but there's also love. a cover of it by uh uh, some something. Reed Digby, I think her name is, and I love hers even more. Yeah, I have very weird musical taste.
1: I, I got it. you're you giving me your Rihanna song. I'll give you mine. Mine is Diamonds, which shine bright like a diamond. Oh yeah, that's a good. one, I too. love that yeah, song.
2: That's a great one.
1: Back back to the music video though. There's the this famous scene in it where like Lita Ford, <laughs> Lita Ford's in the studio and she's got like the you know the microphones hanging. And she's got the headphone thing on. And they do like this shot of her from the side. She's like, will you ever trust me? And then they cut to like Ozzy and he's like side, but like you can only see the back of his hair and he's got that permed, yeah. like, like over dyed hair. And he turns with the weirdest thing. And he's like, no, I'll never be the
2: same.
1: And it's so close. I used to do that on stage. That was one of the first jokes I ever did.
2: I have to see the video again. I remember the hair. Yeah. It was very, it was a bit of a Bette Midler phase. Uh, that was Ozzy <laughs> in the, but surviving, I think that was around the time of The Ultimate Sin, which was a great, uh, it was a tough time for a lot of metal guys. In the late 80s, early 90s, when- when uh, Grunge the, starts the, coming yeah, out. And but Ozzy survived all that. and He's made little adjustments through all these years. Um, and I think that's a, one of the things he didn't like about Sabbath, is he wanted to change the direction of some of the music- um I love 13 though. I, I love the one the album they did in 2013 too. I mean I love everything.
1: I've never listened to it. But it's I great. this is what's funny, it's I I and I'm I'm glad. Well, two things I want to catch on. Cause you said you you said that really that important thing about the late 90s, like like the heavy metal guys. Did you get yeah. into grunge?
2: Not really. Um uh, like you know, uh Nirvana's uh, of course the album they did for Unplugged was very great, was great. Yeah. But I know I never cared about grunge. Um I'm stuck in 1977 to 1992. I mean, you know, I still listen to Kiss and Sabbath. And like, I kind of don't change my musical taste. I'm very unbending.
1: Was it that like, as a kid, that that start? Because I can pinpoint the moment... I got into heavy metal when my dad took me to Sam Goody and I saw the poster of Eddie from Iron Maiden and I was like, what is that? Right. Get me that album. Because I just like the imagery. Right. And as a kid, that's like I loved horror shit and that was cool. And then Guns N' Roses and so on and so forth into Grunge. And now we're here. How did yours start with metal?
2: I don't remember to be honest. it's too it goes back too young. Like I just remember being obsessed with Kiss, like every kid in the 70s was. Yeah. It might have been around the time of Destroyer, 76. Um, or, or even 75, but they would have those magazines. And so you would see like the Black Sabbath cross with black and Sabbath written in a crucifix with the A being the middle letter. Uh-huh. So there was the imagery like you said. So I, I, I was aware of them and I liked them. I didn't like them when I first liked Kiss, but I would have to say Kiss is my first obsession. And this is number one. I, I like Sabbath better, but Kiss is my longest running.
1: Why, What is the fast? I, I, I don't want to shit on, on Kiss at all because I do like sure. Destroyer. I love Destroyer. Record, yeah. The the live show that I saw, I got. Um, but as far as like metal, like I would just call them, if you remove all the makeup of Kiss, they're just a rock
2: band. But pretty much hard rock. Yeah, they were considered back then though, it was considered heavier then, then it would be considered now. But yeah, that's probably not the best example of metal. Um, but I mean, I, that was just by into that style of music or that hard rock. I mean, you know, it's like you, you would always, they'd always be in the same magazines and Kerrang! would be them. It'd be ACDC, yeah. it'd be Black Sabbath, um, Judas Priest, Maiden, in, um, in, in the 80s at least. So uh, I can't pinpoint exactly when I went from Kiss to Sabbath, maybe 10, 11, 12 in that area. Um, I remember... The big tour when I was in high school was uh, Iron Maiden Judas Priest. Ooh. And this was with Dio, was with Sabbath. And it, might, it was Blue Oyster Cult. Uh, we talked about this the other day on the radio. It was a Black and Blue tour in 1980. Uh-huh. And Sabbath's Heaven and Hell tour, which was after Ozzy. But I mean, they were still great with, with Dio as well. Yeah. I just don't remember the exact date. I never got into Dio. You know, I like I, him
1: as a person because he's tiny. I'm assuming he's a little and he, guy. His hair's
2: cool. I love him. I mean, uh, I mean, he was great with Rainbow, uh, Man on a Silver Mountain. Such a great uh, Long Live Rock and Roll. His shit solo stuff was great. He was great with. Um, he did three records with Sabbath, uh, and then in '95 they did Dehumanizer. Yeah, which was a, I thought an amazing, a very underrated album, and then they became uh, 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 Heaven and Hell. I, there was some like trademark thing with ozzy instead. that's that's
1: with t- i'm gonna fuck up the guitarist name from tony iomi Iomi. okay cool yeah I, was, I, was first, I didn't know if that was an iron l so i was like it's low i know i know is He's it low i dude i've done that before uh what we were doing the episode it was with the Sklar brothers and big j at moon tower we were talking about the weezer blue record and it's produced by Ro- rick okacic from the cars yeah. and, and there's this the, the fan on me because i kept saying Oka-sec
2: oh like okay. a fuck face yeah that's fine <laughs> yeah mean, tony Iommi. For, yeah it's fine for a guy that's running a music podcast trying to say that that's his brand dude <laughs> i co-host the ufc's podcast there's so many different fighters from so many different countries you get names wrong sometimes it's you know what i mean yeah. like you, you you just do like it's it's the same in music so <laughs> good don't good feel thank
1: bad. You. oh thank you yeah. all right i owe me. fuck yeah if you had to if you had to give me a record that if I was going to kind of dive into Ronnie James Dio, what would it be? What should I listen to? What's the one? Because I know Holy Diver. Holy Diver slaps. I love Holy Diver.
2: Um, Maybe Mob Rules. though no, Heaven and Hell. Um, Die Young is such a great song. Heaven and Hell is such a great song. Neon Nights is such a great song. Then again... Mob Rules has Country Girl on it, side on the Southern Cross. Like, there's so many. I I can't because it's like picking. Well, do I, we're doing Master Reality, but then it's, I'm gonna go. Well, fuck, sabotage. Like, I can't pick one and go. This is the album that defines. You know. Um, but I would say yeah, Heaven and Hell. I'll just I, that's a safe bet.
1: It's a, as a person I want to get into. It's a really because Black Sabbath was another band I really wanted to get into because it seems like all the bands that I love, including Rage Against the Machine. Everybody uh, yeah. goes back, and and it's funny that you don't didn't really get into grunge music because people call this record not a heavy metal record. They call this the birth of grunge.
2: Maybe yeah yeah 1971. I mean uh, I I think it uh, it was very different than Paranoid or Black Sabbath, and then it was different than Volume Four. After it, that was something Sabbath was really great at. It seems like every song on this album would not belong on any other album. Really? Maybe it's just because I know they like, I I think that it fits because it was there. Yeah. But uh, they seem to have like a different tone, a slightly different tone every time. And anything on volume four is perfect where it is, but it doesn't belong on Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. I guess anybody feels that way about their favorite band. Like, you feel like this is what belongs on this uh, record, nothing else. But I guess it does have a grunge vibe to it.
1: If you had to, if you had to like put master of reality in a list of your favorite black Sabbath records, where would it fall?
2: It would depend on what day of the week it is. Okay. Because
1: on, on a, oh, so right here, I'll give it to you on a, what is this? Monday? Today's a Monday. Monday at 5 23 PM.
2: Um, I would put it, I mean, at this moment, cause I've been thinking of it, uh, I would put it first, but if we were doing Sabbath, bloody Sabbath, I would probably be thinking about that all day. Yeah. Or, uh, or like, uh, volume four is a fucking very underrated album. So, and I, I, I Sabbath fans even hate to say Paranoid just because it's such a famous record. But I mean, uh, Paranoid's an amazing, amazing album. That right? has all the hits on it, right? It, War Pigs, Iron Man, uh, Paranoid. Electric Funeral um, is a great song. Yeah, it's also got uh, Hand of Doom, which is a great song, really. Ozzy liked to do a slow song every record, which yeah. became Love Songs in his solo career. Yeah. And when you hear these slow songs, like Solitude is off Best Reality, and... Uh, it's great to. I love that he has that in him, like that he just wants to do um, changes. It's such a great love
1: that song. I love the version by that one dude. Uh, I'm that, sure you that, know, old I mean, that Charles
2: eyes uh, black. Singer. The old
1: black guy and he's sweating his ass off and oh my god.
2: Hold on, Charles. It was the screaming eagle. He was. It was done. That was done at a Toronto radio station. Um, it begins with a B, I think. I don't remember his name, but it's it's an amazing... Here, I'll look
1: it up. Uh, yeah, it's
2: going to drive me crazy.
1: Oh, we got it. Don't Not worry. Not Charles Barnes we just, get, we just We just closed my OnlyFans page I was looking oh, at. Oh, yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah. It's a fine it's website. A, <laughs> it's a great. My ex-girlfriend's making $75,000 a month.
2: I, you, got, you got to respect her for hustling and respect you for bagging somebody who's making seventy five grand a month. I got even
1: better than that. <laughs> I got something to even beat any of that, Jim. My ex fiance is married to Tommy Lee. From Motley Crue.
2: Oh, very nice. Yeah. And,
1: very nice. Uh, That's a good one. I, I mean, for me, it's I think it's one of those moments in your life where you you could either go, oh my God, it's like, holy shit, you know, what a what a bitch. She's with somebody that I loved. Or you could be like be like that's fucking awesome like I fucking I cried when Motley Crue lost the American Music Award to Poison <laughs> when fucking Kickstart My Heart lost for Unskinny Bop that shitty fucking song and Kickstart not,
2: my heart's a great song
1: great great song could do that whole album Dr. Feel Good. it's like it was like they you know they all had cleaned up and they're putting out this incredible record and then I think one of the first pornos that I owned was his sex tape with Pamela Anderson. Sure. Uh, and for her, and I talk about this a lot on the podcast, eh, not a lot, but enough. Um, Is it Bradley, by the way, Charles Bradley? Oh, I didn't even look. I'm listening. I was thinking of Tommy Lee's dick for a second. So, oh, okay, yeah. Have you seen the new one? <laughs> have you seen the new one? The new oh. picture that he just posted? No. We dude, me and me and Big J and Christine were at Raising Against the Machine last night, and I was like, to, I was like, did you see uh, Tommy Lee's uh, new dick pic? And he's like, what are you talking about? I think he did it on purpose. I'm like, sure he did. He, he like it's an Instagram photo, and it was like full body. And I mean, his his it's a hog. It's it's nine inches soft.
2: Yeah, he has big penis. Yep.
1: All right, so changes, uh, Charles, Charles Bradley. Yeah, okay. you were right. Good for you. We got to the bottom of that. Yeah, now it's back an amazing to, version. Now yeah. back to Tommy Lee's Penis. Yes, of course. If What what Black Sabbath song off this record uh, would Tommy Lee's Penis
2: be? Uh, Into the Void, because it's kind of a, a dark, scary journey. Um, it's kind of hard to understand the lyrics. Uh, <laughs> I would have to say Into the Void. Um, I think or... I, or I, um <laughs> uh, it could be uh, Sweetleaf uh because yeah. of the opening <laughs> yeah. no. you're
1: like oh my god <laughs> I bet every time he pulls his dick out just this the universe suddenly hears
0: all right now <laughs> gar, gar, gar,
1: yeah gar, gar. <laughs> I I you know I I can't get mad at 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 her for going for him. No. I, I think he is, Tommy is an incredible guy. Amazing drummer, I think yeah. amazing drummer. I, I always, what I love about rock stars is I always, I always have this belief that their, their maturity level is stuck at the age that they make it at. Yeah. So, and I think that's where any actor, well, I don't know because Leonardo DiCaprio became an adult and started doing like earthy shit, but he still has that like sex drive of a fucking 14 yeah. year old. It's like, i want to fuck all these models and blah, blah, blah. But Tommy Lee, it's just, except for the shit that I saw on the, that TV show, if that was real, the way he treated that guy who ended up stealing the sex tape from yes. him, which was a dick move, just pay the fucking guy. Yeah, I agree, agree. But everything I've heard and everybody that's met him, he's the nicest guy in the world.
2: Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At US Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and community safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join US Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
0: Hey, this is Scott from Flyin' the Call. Each week I speak to a different musician, whether they're in an established band like Silverstein or the Wonder Years, or a band on the rise like Spanish Love Songs, Origami Angel, or Meet Me at the Altar. We discuss music and lyrics, the successes and challenges of being in a band, and more as we get to the core of each artist. The show features musicians of diverse genres and backgrounds, so there's always a chance I'll be talking to your new favorite band. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Um,
1: now flipping out over to what we're talking about, Ozzy Osbourne, I feel like is the same way. I feel like he's just this party animal, you know, and and I, I don't I don't view Ozzy as the older guy that was on the MTV show. Do you know what I mean? Yes, like yeah. that That's the Ozzy. I, I never got into that show. I never right. really watched that. I always imagined Ozzy. And what I love about him is the same thing, the connection that he had with, with Motley Crue, him fucking snorting the line of ants yeah. at like some pool. Like, what do you love about Ozzy Osbourne?
2: Um, I love the fact that he exposes himself as being imperfect. Like I, I I've always liked who he is as far as he never preached or was boring. He always cared about giving a great show. Um no matter what was going on, he never mailed it in, never tried to be smarter than his audience or 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 talk down to his audience. Yeah. Um and I I and I also love the fact that about, you know on the show, it got let everybody see that cause he's funny too. Ozzy is a really yeah, funny it, motherfucker. He is. So people got to see the thing about Ozzy. That like Ozzy fans like like, it's not just other uh, bat head and all the crazy shit like that stuff's great for the legend, um, but I I like the fact that he's uh, he's a lot smarter than people think he is like he's a much more socially aware. Uh, I mean every time I've seen him he's talked about what's going on in the news or what's it's never wild crazy rock shit. He always smells rich. Um, yeah, Those yeah. British like, rock stars he smells fucking great. Rob Halford smells great. David Coverdale smells great.
1: I bet. I bet I smelled Russell Peters once and he's like one of the most profitable comedians in the world. And I was like, dude, you smell like money, bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those guys
2: smell like money. They they don't sell that at Hex. You know what
1: I mean? You got to fucking go and get that in Paris. And the guy that makes it is like, I have a tune. That's exactly it. Yeah.
2: Ozzy's a British gentleman, even though he comes from no money and he went through all this crazy stuff. Sharon kind of civilized him. Yeah. And they are just very, very upper class British people. That's what I think of when I think of him as just being him in a $10 million house just kind of you know just walking around and being more comfortable in that situation than people would think he is
1: did you were you drawn to him and and maybe this is just me being I know you're how old are you do you mind me asking 54 you're 54 so I'm 42 so I got Ozzy at fuck, what did I get? I remember the first thing I saw Ozzy was like Bark at the Moon. Like that, like yeah. Yeah, that album cover. And I, you know, like I said, I was into horror, so I was like, ooh, what is that? But I never was a person I think that dug into Ozzy's music until he started doing No More Tears. Like I loved War Pigs, uh, but I love the Faith No More version of that. Okay. Is that yeah. is that is that lame?
2: No. Now that what was that on Nativity in Black? There were a cu- couple of Nativity Black, Nativity Black two, where there was a couple of tributes to Sabbath, where all these great bands did Sabbath songs, and maybe it was on one of that. It was
1: on uh, From Out of Nowhere, Faith No first record. Oh, it was that, that was, record? But that was that was was their oh, record. Okay, okay. And that's what drew me into it. And if I have to put both side to side, I think they're both equally good. I mean, trust me, I'm going to go with Black Sabbath because it's theirs and sure. they wrote it. But I fucking got into it because of Faith No More.
2: Well, who's the guy from uh, Les Claypool does an amazing version of Electric Funeral? Uh, What's the name of the band he's in? Uh, Oh, my God. Uh, Primus? Primus. He does an amazing Electric Funeral. There's a live version from Bonnaroo in 2008. Really? Watching him do Electric Funeral. It's just fucking killer. Yeah. Dude, Les Claypool rules. Les Les Claypool almost was in... Metallica, yeah i think I, I did hear that or some other band yeah
1: and then they were like yeah dude you're a little too <laughs> too like, much into his own
2: thing his own vibe yeah, yeah. He can't,
1: he's the kind of guy that needs to be doing the music that he needs to create you can't yeah. fit him into another band as yeah. like a backup artist for somebody Trujillo
2: that... is the right choice for them him and ozzy switched uh metallica and ozzy switched basis Newstead went to ozzy and rob Trujillo went to metallica
1: really yeah i like rob i like anybody that finger picks yeah i love all right geezer butler does i bet he fucking just his his wife probably just has incredible orgasm of course with strong fingers yeah just like she's like ah she's like can you play (laughs) can you play the breakdown to one for me
2: (laughs) 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 yeah it is crazy to not use a pick
1: it's insane i'm i i used to shit on bass players now i am kind of more like what the more i i see you know what they're capable of doing and then you see a band yeah. that actually knows how to utilize a bass player speaking of bass players like what do you feel about the makeup of this band do you feel for this record all the guys that are on it shine
2: perfect yeah and geezer was like the lead lyricist the bassist so i mean he's i think he's the one who suggested the name black sabbath and he wrote the majority of the lyrics not all of them i'm sure and i've heard all these bootleg versions master reality and all these older like war pigs where they would come up with the riffs. And then Ozzy would just kind of, I think Ozzy did contribute because he would just talk through the, you know, like almost like just say anything that came to his mind to get the, the rhythm of the song down. Yeah. So there's all these alternate versions to Into the Void and all these songs of Ozzy just singing at times gibberish because he's just spitting out words to see how it flowed with the music. Who did, Um,
1: fuck, wait, who did I just, I, I think it was a record on this where, Oh, no, 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 no. I, I know exactly what I'm thinking of. There's Have you ever heard of this Scandinavian band called Sigur Ross? No. Uh, I had a show in the Upper East Side. I, they came out in the early 2000s. I kind of heard a couple songs. They speak in Icelandic or Scandinavian, whatever the language is. And uh, I'm a fan of Radiohead, so I listened to a couple tracks. i like, yeah, they're good. Little little airy, little kind of psychedelic rock or whatever. And I put them away. And then I went to go do a spot on the Upper West Side, and I was running late, and I show up, and they're like, ah, you know, you've already missed your spot time, and we've already kept going on with the show, and I was like, oh, no problem. At the Beacon Theater was this band, uh Cigaross, and they were doing a night there, and they had just started, so I was like, oh, fuck it. I don't have a show until late. I'll just go to this concert, and I go in, and I was like, what's the best ticket you got? It was sold out, and the guy's like, I got a seat right up front, 125 bucks going. The show blew me away. Yeah. Completely blew me away. Didn't understand one of the things the guys was saying, and then I started doing research on them, And a lot of musicians do this when they're writing a song, they just start making up words like gobbledygook, like you were saying, like Ozzy Osbourne does just to fit phonetically. Yes. And then they go back and they go, okay, what would the words be to put in there? Yeah. And this guy, not only is he, does he do that? He just keeps that on the record. So he's just making up noises and, I, but you're also like, is this, is this Scandinavian? It's, right. just, or it's just, just
2: gibberish. Yeah. It's
1: just gibberish. I, I, you know, I, I never looked at Ozzy Osbourne as, uh, you know, uh, one of the best singers of all time, or even one of the best lyricists, but there is something about him that I think, like you said, it's like it's like you're drawn to him. It's like he's a star, and he, you see it.
2: He's a front man. Like whatever it is that made Bon Scott so great, there's these guys that just have this thing. And he has that thing, whatever exactly it is. He's dyslexic too, so there's always—I uh, think it was always hard for him at times to remember all the lyrics live. Yeah. So Ozzy was notorious for messing up the words or doing the second verse, third. But I love that about—I think that was one of the things I loved about him live so much too. Sometimes the voice would crack. I didn't care. It didn't have to be perfect. I love that it was almost imperfect. You know.
1: Where, where have you? Where and when did you start seeing Ozzy live?
2: First time I saw him live was with Motley Crue. It was '83. It was on the Bark at the Moon tour. And I think Motley Crue was on the shout at the Devil tour. Okay. I believe that was 83. How old are you? 15. Oh. First uh, concert? First concert was Kiss in 1977 at the Madison Square Garden, uh, December 16th. I actually have a bus ad from that weekend on my wall. Really? Yeah, I have a bus ad for Kiss the Alive Two tour. And, uh, or it was the Village People. My dad took me to see the Village People, too. I love the Village People growing up. So I saw them, and I want to say Sister Sledge, but I could be wrong, and Kiss. Um, and Kiss was touring at that time with ACDC with Bon Scott. Oh, wow. But, but Bon, they didn't do the garden dates, unfortunately. Oh. I, so I would have got to see Bon Scott live, too. Uh, but unfortunately... What is that
1: like seeing Kiss in, in the 70s? And, you know... Comparing that, and then and then talk about uh, the same question for Black Sabbath and seeing Ozzy. But as a, as a fifteen year old, no, 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 no. You kids, were I was you, nine. You were like, my dad
2: it? took me. It was it was we had to buy tickets. I want to say six months in advance. It was December sixteenth. It was over the summer we got the tickets. Like in in the seventies, they just sold out. Everywhere. Sure, yeah, I can imagine. And we sat way up in the nosebleeds. That's all there was. It was just it was surreal. Like I didn't know how to process being in the same room with them. Like, I I don't, I just remember, it was, it was, it was like a sensory overload to see these guys that I love so much and I idolize so much. They were, I mean, they were like comic book heroes. Yeah. Because of the makeup and the. The platforms, Everything. they're all, yeah, they are the tall, characters. the weird hair,
1: and then you find out they're just Jews. Yeah, yeah, math <laughs> teacher, yeah.
2: you know, Stanley Eisen, Gene Klein, nice boys. It's all circumcised. All I mean, of them, all. all of them snipped. But yeah, so being in the room with them was just, it was kind of, uh, I think I almost appreciated... Ozzy more because I was able to enjoy the show more
1: at 15 right? you're, I was you're not just, a child anymore you're, right. you're a
2: young adult I was too blown away by Kiss almost at, that eight, at nine years old I just I couldn't comprehend I didn't know how to make sense of the fact that I was in the room with them
1: do you remember what they opened with
2: no but I've seen it so many times like I, there's no footage from that show that I, I can find but I'm gonna guess it was either I Stole Your Love um, it might have been Detroit Rock City oh, but then God. again Deuce it could have been Deuce um god i fucking love youtube i go back i've yeah. been looking for december 17 december 16 1977 footage from msg for years and there's a little bit from the night before but it's it's, it's no there's really no sound to it yeah but it just doesn't exist god. i would love to watch that concert though god
1: dude it's it it's so incredible like you said about youtube that like I, I I mean I I I I'm not I don't know if you are like this, but do you when you go to concerts? Do you still go to concerts?
2: Uh yeah, I mean I'll, I haven't in a long time, but I think the only guys I would see at this point would be Sabbath, maybe Metallica, um or Kiss. I would see even though you know Ace and Peter are not in the band. I still love Gene and Paul so much. I, I would,
1: can't fucking believe you you don't like Rage Against the Machine, dude. No, don't. but I, but
2: thought, I don't. But thought, I don't think they suck. Like I know. I'm aware that I'm in the Menorah, and I'm aware that they're a great band. That just didn't hit me for whatever reason.
1: Well, off air, just so all the listeners know, you because you, you said it, you don't like people with a message, or you might have said that on here too. I
2: don't love messaging, yeah. From comedians either, I don't like over-the-head messaging. Um, I don't mind it if there's a message. I just don't like over-the-head messaging. If I feel it's hitting me over the head, I automatically kind of dislike it. You
1: would have hated this show last night. Cause when they were doing freedom, it's like literally like on the ship behind them, it's like abort the Supreme court fucking like all that clips in between are like, cause this is what I loved about that show. And I, I, I've never really seen a lot of bands do this where they just, they opened with just saying, we're Rage Against the Machine from Los Angeles, California. And then they didn't talk to you again oh. the whole show. And they just, they do four songs, take a break where they just sit on stage and they would show these images behind them that were that were very... Sure. Hammering in, the world is fucked up. Yeah. Could be, like, just a cop standing there, like an ICE agent standing there with a dog, and, like, a, one of those police dog things, and then somebody being chased, and then another one was, like, a boat in the middle of the ocean and a helicopter flying around it. Right. Um, it did make me... Immediately want to get out and like, like I'm fucking, I'm gonna, I'm gonna join like a fucking you know, the Zapatistas or some shit. Like I, I want to like help the world, uh, and instead I just went back to Big J's and got pizza and watched the new Jamie Foxx movie.
2: That's really all you can do. I mean, I think that is the most valuable thing you can do. If I can help the world or sit with fucking Jay Okerson and his wife and a pizza. I think that's what I would do. I'd rather sit with Jay and Christine and have pizza. We're helping something. Yeah, we're helping, the, we're helping the guy. The, the, By the way, you're the, doing as much as anybody on Twitter. When you're sitting there having pizza with Jay, that's as much as anybody on Twitter is doing. <laughs> they, they just pretend they're doing more. They're convincing themselves they're doing more, but they're not. And we're tipping a guy that there is probably go. from a third world
1: country, that's working right. here illegally. We're giving him money to buy sustenance to feed his family Sure. for bringing us that pizza and Meatballs, yeah, we got meatballs.
2: was delicious too. He was all
1: right. He yeah. he he went he went a little heavy on the cheese. He went extra oh, okay, cheese. Okay, that and, I mean. and I'm and I'm against
2: that. Yeah, me too. It uh, fucks my throat up, and I yeah. You wait. Do you have acid reflux too? Bad, but I also have lactose intolerance. <sighs> the reflux is not as bad anymore for some reason. Um, but yeah, I'm really bad with. uh
1: Can I guess? Prilosec.
2: I used to take Nexium Ooh. and Prilosec. And then one day I just stopped and it, it went away.
1: A fast food ball? That's what they call it—a fast food speed ball. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Prilosec I, and Nexium together. God oh damn. no, no, no! Oh. I would
2: do not at the same time. I would do like one and then the. Oh okay. Over the years, I, I tried like, them. Damn,
1: buddy. dude, you fucking party, bro. Now it's an occasional tums.
2: It's an <laughs> occasional tums. Yeah, melatonin. That's like a fucking. That's like a near beer. You know the <laughs> occasional tums. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we're hanging out. Yeah, we'll I'll have, have
1: um, the tums. I'll have something with really acidic, y like tomato sauce. And I'll have to thumbs it up. Yeah, I can't do anything anymore, man. My my, I'm at the place with my acid reflux where it affects my, my vocal cords. Yeah. And I'll, I'm losing my voice, and then I can't do my act, I can't sing, I can't do anything, and it's just such a bummer that that's the one good thing about being an addict is that I'm so, like, the way that I did drugs is the way that I treat my body now on the on the healthier side. So I'm, I wasn't, so the way I was addicted to opiates is like the way I'm addicted to like, all right, well, I got to give myself three hours to digest my food yeah. before I lay down and go to sleep. And it's boring and it sucks and I'm hungry every night, but at least it gets my voice somewhat back. Sure. And then I have like a cheat night with the pizza and I'll do that and then I'll come up and I'll rip like five tums. Yeah. That That's fucking... That's old man it's
2: shit. It's the way dude. to live, That's yeah. It. <laughs> yeah, it is, but I guess that it beats it beats the option, which is either eating no food you like or being dead.
1: Wow, what a great episode. We'll get back to our conversation in a second, but I want to take a minute to say one of the reasons I love talking to guys like this is they've been around forever, have so many great stories, and know show business, better than anybody. So if you're like me, let me fill you in on a fantastic new show from Next Chapter Podcast, and Alex Khalijin, the creator of the hit indie filmmaking talent hub Project Greenlight called How I Got Greenlit. It's a show where Alex and his co-host, Emmy-winning producer, Ryan Gibson, dig through the Rolodex of contacts in the film industry and talk to working professionals about how they fell in love with movies and how they were able to break into the business. Take a fascinating deep dive into the nuts and bolts of how movies like Cabin Fever, Changing Lanes, and The Final Destination and American Pie franchises got made. Listen to How I Got Greenlit wherever you get your podcasts or go to ncpodcast.com to learn more. And now, back to the 500. I want to go off of this. I want to go off this. All right. In the level, let me pull the band up. I want to pull the band up. If you had to guess uh, who has the worst acid reflux in Black Sabbath, do you know all the members? Yes. Okay. All right. Start. Who has the worst Black Sabbath? Not (laughs) I'm sorry. Who has the worst acid reflux out of geezer, butler, Tommy, I owe me Bill Ward and Ozzy Osbourne. I'm gonna guess Ozzy. He did probably the most drugs, right? His stomach is torn. They to all
2: shit. did. Um, I know Geezer is a vegetarian, so his his diet might be a little bit healthier than the other guys. Um, Bill is in recovery; he's not drinking. Tony had just had, had cancer, so I don't know what his health is like. But I would guess Ozzy, but again, I really don't know. It's, but he's he. Oh, you don't you don't know. No, I just made. That oh, I thought you had an answer for that. I was like, Oh, I was, that's funny. That's funny. I, I was like, Yeah, how do I not know this? Why did I not ever look up Sabbath's reflux? Yeah. I'm gonna
1: go, ozzy Yes, and I didn't know Geezer was a vegetarian, so yeah. let's put him on the bottom. Oh, a vegan, yeah. oh, vegan even. Oh, dude, his stomach is is clean. Tony, let me just just by looking at Tony, I mean, he looks like he eats, and he's missing it,
2: three fingertips. You know that? No, he didn't. Look at his right hand. He's a lefty. And the right hand, the, the for the guitar neck, there's pictures of it. They were cut off in a factory accident. Um, and, and those are fake fingertips. It's very easy to see. It's funny
1: that you say that because I, I read, I have all these like bullshit facts about them. And what I read was he might have been the originator of using thinner strings uh, for playing. And it's oh. I guess it's just because it's like, I mean, if you use thicker strings, I mean, you'd have to like have calluses here. I don't think you'd get calluses on your nubs. Can you
2: right, I don't know Well he had, again he has these rubber things on there oh. Which enable him to play Because he was already playing at one point um, I think he left Sabbath Went to Jethro Tullet And, and, then, here. and then came back yeah. Here's, here,
1: Let's do some bullshit facts and see what we got Alright so So uh, yeah, Billy Corgan was from Smashing Pumpkins. Was the one that said "Master of Reality" is an album that spawned grunge. Oh,
2: ah, okay. So that's
1: coming from a guy that was really big into grunge. Oh, here it is. Uh, Tony has been credited as a pioneer of lighter gauge guitar strings. The tips of two of his fingers were severed in a steel factory on his last day, no less. Oh, what a fucking sh- wait! Is it
2: two fingers? I thought it was three. Am I, I mean, crazy? This is, this is
1: coming from Adam, my my researcher. I'm sure he's right. He's he fucks up sometimes. So Adam, we'll go with you two uh, his last day i'm going to look this up right now you're oh, probably God. right oh but you're double checking my math
2: no 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 i'm going to uh, give you credit but i believe that you're correct if you're saying it um you're, gonna, you're not going to believe my researcher, Adam? I am absolutely
1: incorrect. I'm sure of it. <laughs> on his last day, What a that shit. That does suck. Like, he, he, he could not even give him the finger on his way out. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he did give him the finger. Well, you know what it was? Like, um, you fucker.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he was probably just not paying attention. And, uh, you know, he fucking just sliced his finger. What an awful.
1: Oh, God. That's something that would happen to my dad. My um, dad was such a schlemiel that that would have happened. Uh, yeah, so he's- so yep, uh, two fingers. That two fingers, wrong. all these years I've been wrong. Using thimbles, artificial fingertips, he found, the st- found that standard guitar strings were too difficult to bend and play. He found that there was only one size of strings available. So after years with Sabbath, he had strings custom made. Um, and on Tony, he had a fling with Jethro Tull and he's quoted saying, at first I thought Tull were great, but I didn't much go for having a leader in the band, which was Ian Anderson's way. When I came back from Tull, I came back with a new attitude altogether. They taught me that to get on, you got to work for it.
2: You know, but Tony was the leader of Sabbath. He was, he was stood in the middle. Ozzy stood on the side. It was very strange. If you watch them, it was geezer. Uh, right side, Tony middle, Ozzy left side. Tony was in the, Tony was kind of the boss of the band. He seems like it.
1: Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk and I'm the host of Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up and coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. You know, in in all of the pictures that I've seen, because I've 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 only I've seen them, I've seen. Did I see Ozzy? Or did I see? Uh, no, no, I saw Sabbath because I went to Ozfest and they played one of the years in the yes, early two thousands, yeah. and it's just on all the imagery of Black Sabbath. you're right. Well, also Tony kind of is the one he he's just he's an interesting looking guy too yeah. and maybe that is because he's the leader in the way they place him but he sticks out he's got like interesting hair you know the the goatee or beard or whatever he's you know he's he's like very he could fit in with the way he looks
2: he could fit into jethro Tull. yeah he could he could he, and his hair was like in those old videos 1969 1970 he had a big puff of uh I, I mean, I, I love him, obviously. I, I have the best fan picture of anybody in Sabbath tell history. Tell me. Tell me. Um, at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony, I was able to... Metallica introduced them. Yeah. I was able... Because i had had lunch with Tony Iommi that day because he was pitching something at XM. That's March of 2006 and at the Waldorf. And I snuck backstage with my friend with a five-megapixel camera has me and all four of the original members as they're holding their Rock and Roll Hall of Fame trophies.
1: Oh, dude. They're all
2: wearing suits. Um, I have it on my wall signed. It's the greatest thing I'll ever own. Dude. I'll never own a better thing than that.
1: Oh my God. I mean, please tell me you have that like framed. And it's fucking... framed in
2: museum glass and signed by all four. <laughs> oh
1: God. <laughs> and that's so cool. And they like, so obviously it sounds like you have a relationship with these guys.
2: Yeah, whatever. I've used their music to walk out to. Um, I've walked out to Wicked World. Um, I've walked out to um, a national acrobat. I've walked out to uh, also uh, Hole in the Sky for for my specials. So in order to do that, the band has to sign off individually. And uh, I had to pay publisher money, but the band always gave it to me for free. Like Ozzy, Geezer, Tony, and and Bill didn't take any money. Um, And I've interviewed them all, and I've gotten to know them. And yeah, it's...
1: Who was the first one you met? And how did it kind of grow into- First one I met was
2: Ozzy. It was 1997. It was um, me and Jim Florentine. He was being interviewed at MTV. Okay. And um, I didn't do photos back then, but we got backstage. He was doing this TV interview and I got to get an autograph and Florentine goes, Jim, Jim, get the picture. So I stood up and he took a picture of me and Ozzy. It's a great, great shot. But Ozzy was the first one I met.
1: Ozzy was the first one, and then how did the rest evolve?
2: The rest uh, around two thousand four, five, when Opie and Anthony came back on, I was interviewing them. Um, so I think I met. It might have been Bill Ward next. Bill Tony and Geezer, I interviewed all in one day, backstage at Ozfest. Yeah. Um, it might have been Geezer and Tony together. Even uh, they were doing some signing at Ozfest in Philly that I was recording at. Hard to say because they were all like within a day or so of each other. But I interviewed all three of them. Um, and then we would get Ozzy on the on the air years later. You know,
1: Who do you think you You would say you're closest with? Oh, Ozzy, without
2: a doubt. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Easy to talk to guy? Like yes. easy to get along? Like He's great. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen him in a couple of years, cause I haven't, I haven't, you know, But I was in L.A. one time and I, I just texted him hello about something. And he goes, where are you? And I said, I'm here. I'm in L.A. And he goes, well, come over and I'll play the new record for you. So I went oh, over wow. to his house and just sat it was just me and Ozzy in a room listening to his new record He premiered uh, uh, some of the stuff for Sabbath's album in 2013 It's, I, I'm, it's just you can't ask for more. As a oh fan. my god. You can't ask for more than to hear that in his house
1: Did you get to this look inside his refrigerator? I would love to know I bet it's like it's just set up perfectly. Like you know it, what you know I mean? It, like really nice waters all like lined up. I've seen fruits. inside the
2: cabinet. I have been in his kitchen, but I didn't I didn't go through the um the the I think that they had somebody bring us beverages. Okay. Uh, but I did see one of the cabinets and there, and there was a whole bunch of something. It was like a protein drink. It was something healthy. And I'm, sure. like, I'm like, what a fucking... <laughs> he's got insure. <a> <laughs> I thought like, Ozzy has no problem taking dumps. I'm sure he can shit anywhere. <laughs> no, it was something like that you would think, oh yeah, that's kind of tasty. I would like that. And of yeah. course, he had a thousand of them because he's a fucking addict. Yeah. Uh, but they were all beautifully lined up and I'm like, this is a nice home. <laughs> it's a, It looks like Ozzy's house because there's like a little bit of cru- crucifix kind of decorations, but it's not cheesy. It looks like a millionaire heavy metal person's house. Like, it's so tasteful, the shit that, that they have around that lets you know whose house it is, but it's not overdone. I
1: mean, that's the thing that's so funny about him is that this is a guy that was so heavily addicted to drugs and known for it. Like, known for... I mean, that's yeah. why, in a sense, if I'm... Maybe I'm wrong, uh, and I got to check the little facts that we got here, but he was he was kicked out because of his partying out of Black Sabbath, right? Yeah,
2: which is really, uh, you know... Because, I mean, Tony, they were all doing blow. Sure. I mean, uh, they were all doing pounds of blow. So I think Ozzy was probably just the most unpredictable. Um, I, I've seen so many guys interview, like, Joe Elliott said Ozzy was a great guy to judge a debaucherous life against. Like, if you wanted... To live that life, he was a great guy to judge it with because you go, if I ever get that bad. Exactly. I had friends
1: like that. When yeah. I used to do Coke, it would be like, as, as long as I'm not this dude, then you keep him around so you could be like, oh yeah, he's. But the, the funny thing was, he was looking at me like, this is, the only one would be Josh.
2: Right. So, yes. That's what Ozzy was, his, his value to a lot of guys was that. Like they would be like, well, if I ever get as bad as Ozzy, I'm never. I'm going to stop. It just, it just blows my mind that,
1: like, that a show with him on MTV would be so popular, being, you know, being basically pitched to the teenage generation, teenagers in early twenties, which is what MTV's like core demographic is eighteen to twenty four, and it to be
2: so fucking popular. Well, it was honest, and it, there was no take twos. They, and it's not like assisted reality today. They shot for nine months, um, and it was one of those things where it was honest. And everybody knew who Ozzy was. And then just to see him yelling for his wife with a ponytail, go, uh, uh, like not sure how to use the remote, and like all these things that a dad does, and just to, for him to show himself as a person like that um, and remove any any imagery or any, uh, you know, to kind of have fun with, yeah, I'm a fucking, I'm the heavy metal madman, but I'm terrified of my fucking wife yelling at me. I think everybody loved that about me. You couldn't not love this, uh, and then Sharon got sick with cancer and they like they showed you all these real interpersonal things and you're like, they're just a regular family.
1: Did that make you love him more? Or oh, did yeah. That, oh, so I mean, yeah, that, yeah. that just that just built up what you already loved about him. Yeah,
2: because I already knew that he was like, I'd heard so many interviews with him. He was so funny and he, again, he's willing to be self-deprecating and he doesn't take any of it too seriously. Um, and I was familiar enough. I mean, I learned, obviously, I, I didn't know all the stuff that they showed in the show. Yeah. But uh, it was the stuff that Ozzy fans already liked about him. Like, that's who the guy we like. That's who he is.
1: Yeah. What's your best? What's your night best? What's your favorite version of Ozzy Osbourne? Is it Sabbath? Sabbath Ozzy? Or...
2: <sighs> it's hard to say. I mean, I love the uh, the, the first 10 years. But I, I equally love Blizzard of Oz, of a Madman. So much of the stuff he's done. Since um, It's really, really hard to say I would say, yeah, maybe Sabbath But then again, if you get me on a If you put on SATO on Diary of a Madman I'm like, I fucking, I love that If you put on something out of 2013 Which Rick Rubin Rubin produced I love everything off that record Do you know what I mean? Like every Because his personality is so tied into his music So every phase he goes through musically There's something with his personality That comes with that so it's like, it's like, oh yeah, I love this version too. I love that version too.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who do you think's taking the torch from him? Like, is take, uh, you know what I mean? Like, who would you say is, was is there ever another sort of Ozzy?
2: You know, I think there's guys that go out of their way to be over the top badass is shocking. But what they miss is this thing that he had was a sense of humor about all of it. He yeah. was always funny. Yeah. Um, you know, he always poked fun at himself, and he had great... He was a really funny fucking dude, too, in interviews. Um, he would always... He had great jokes. Like, he was just a naturally funny person. And I think that, coupled with the fact that he had the reputation for being a maniac, made him so lovable. So it's kind of hard to to think of anybody who has that combination.
1: Okay, well, then, to fly it to what we do, who would you say is the Ozzy Osbourne of comedy?
2: Um... I would definitely say I'm not, although I've drank piss, so it's probably as close. <laughs> <laughs> that's something that my, Ozzy might not even go for. <laughs> I mean,
1: sometimes you just got to drink some piss, dude. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't Let's no see, who reminds
2: that. me of, that's a good question. Because um, it would have to be somebody who is known for being a total fuck up. For drugs and drinking and pissing on the Alamo. And there's stories that, like in hotels, when people would leave their shoes out to be clean, Ozzy would shit in their shoes. Like it was just an awesome. (laughs) Didn't that happen to Joe
1: List or Joe List did that? Did he uh, I didn't know? Really, yeah, did. there's a famous Joe List Good story for Joe. where that's he, an Aussie thing. that Good. was what got him to quit drinking. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's he in some girl's shoe.
2: That's an Aussie, <laughs> old Aussie story uh, he, he would do it on the road. So but that's he's the exact
1: opposite of that off state. You know what I mean? Like undrinking. Like Joe's such like a, like a neb he's not even Jewish, but he's so nebishy, like, uh, just like afraid of stuff. So I don't even think that you could say that. The shit in the shoe, though. I mean, that's, that's that bumps you up to fucking rock star uh, status. That's just though. fantastic. Yeah. And the
2: fact that when Motley Crue, there's a great uh, documentary called Don't Blame Me. It was done in, uh, I want to say, 92 or something, 1991. Yeah. About Ozzy. And they're interviewing Nikki and um, I think Mick Mars. And it was so interesting when they were talking about that tour with Ozzy and they were trying to out crazy each other. Like Ozzy would do the answer. He would lick up piss and then they would do something fucking crazy. TVs off the fucking roof. Yeah. And then he said one night, Ozzy just came on stage uh like it was they were all just drunk all the time and they had just done this killer crazy fire show and he came out on stage in a dress and just lifted his dress and said let's go fucking crazy and it's funny like that's not a thing you do when you think you're cool that's a thing you do when you're kind of just having a good time with this whole crazy. That's not something somebody does when they're trying to be the coolest guy in the room. Yeah,
1: Manson, Manson, which was just somebody that I would say is kind of like, but no, but he doesn't take him, he doesn't laugh at himself. He takes himself too seriously. On stage, he's
2: very intense. Yeah, Yeah,
1: but even on... No, no, I'm... Fuck on stage. Oh. I'm talking about off stage. Everything I... I, There's a great podcast called Rivals that I've been listening to about rock band feuds. Like, usually... Like, there's one about, like, uh, uh, Blur versus Oasis. And then the two guys... There's an episode about the two uh, Gallagher brothers. And there's one about Manson versus Trent Reznor. And I listened to that episode, and it just made me, like dislike Manson so much more because he could never he just he seems like I like I like his music, but he just seems like a fucking douche. And then all the shit with Rachel Evan Wood, it's even worse. But it's like the only thing that I think manson could laugh at himself with was when he appeared in the video by nine inch nails for starfuckers because that song's about him right because he was such a starfucker according to trent reznor and at least manson had that one little moment to be like oh no i think it would be cool of him in the video for that
2: he's I, i don't know him as well as i know ozzy i know him but not like i know ozzy yeah um and he's always very like he's always like i've communicated with him a decent amount through text and the times I've seen him he's always been very funny when I was like he said yeah yeah very funny Um, just talking about fucking uh, you know whatever is going on in the room and I saw him backstage the first time we met in person we've been texting for a year yeah and then uh, it was just him in a dark room eating fruit so we sat down and we ate off a fruit plate. It was very gentlemanly. <laughs> I'm like, I thought this was going to be crazy. He was just a nice guy. Hey, and Marilyn, can I have that last fig? Yeah, do you mind? Are you eating that? He's like, well, you can have the melon. I uh, and, and the texts are always very funny. I, I complimented him on some song. Um... Uh, I, like well, I guess it was a song that he wasn't thrilled with. I'm like, dude, I love that version. He goes, "This because you're a pussy." I'm like, yeah, you're right. Anybody that will make fun of me for liking his music, I can fuck it. <laughs> I can get down with that.
1: What rock star uh, are you friends with that that is that still to this day? Is it Ozzy that blows your mind that you have a friendship with?
2: Um, Ozzy. I mean, of of all the people I've gotten to know. But I don't fanboy out or like, you know, like I'm comfortable being around him now after all these years of just kind of over the years, you see him a few times a year, a couple, but I would say Ozzy because he's one of my favorite people and I'm comfortable enough with him now just to sit there and eat something or have a conversation about something where uh, politics, whatever, you know, just whereas a guy like Paul Stanley, who I still love, Mm. I don't know well enough to be comfortable around. Yeah. So I would still be looking at him going, you're fucking Paul Stanley. That's all I would think. Yeah, Whereas when I'm an Aussie, I don't just think Nah, you're I Aussie. love
1: that. I love that. Yeah, I get that. You just, uh, please, please like me. <laughs> please don't say something stupid. You're, I'm such a fan of yours. And after uh, a
2: while, you know you're not going to. Like, after a while, like, I know even if he said something I didn't agree with, I wouldn't care. Like, because he's just a guy. Like, he's just a dude, and he's going to have opinions. And Yeah. Um, he's always treated me really nice. Like, he's been very, very uh, genuine. Once you can get past... Like, you know, again, everybody wants something from him. With guys like that, I noticed the thing you have to be willing to do is not need to talk to them every day. Like, he usually responds when I text him, but I'm not going to text him every day or every two weeks. Like, you have to let those guys have their life and not always be trying to be their friend. You don't always have to reestablish that you're a friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think people make that mistake a lot with people in public life is they think you always have to establish it. Like, you don't need to. They know who you are. They yeah. like you and that's it. I see know. Them when you see you see them.
1: Know, it's funny that you say that because I, I just hope I didn't overload Brad and Tom from Rage Against the Machine by after every show just being like, that was fucking insane. No, no,
2: that's great. Yeah, people see, you, you see in a show complimenting them on a great show on his yeah. big fucking first tour after 20 dude, years. That's dude, cool.
1: I, I, I went, like, are you dying? Yeah, she's fine. I want you to get back to the question that you said was good. What comic do you think is is the Ozzy Osbourne of comedy.
2: And it doesn't just have to be, I mean, it, you know. It, I would say Stanhope. If I had to pick a, you know, but it's hard. Yeah, I can Stanhope is known for being fucked up uh, and imperfect, uh, and he goofs off. He doesn't care, he's obviously very funny. He's brilliantly funny. But I would say Doug Stanhope reminds me the most because he's a guy who'll come on a podcast and say something crazy, or be fucked up when he gets there, or get more fucked up when he's there. I would say Doug, if I had to picture someone who captures that spirit, but while, all the whole while he's doing stuff that people love. People love Doug because he's genuine. Yeah. So yeah, I would say Stanhope.
1: I could see that. If you had to compare yourself to one of the members of Black Sabbath, who, who do you think it would be?
2: Um, Again, my I can't say Ozzy because I'm never the front man, yeah. I, and I like being knowing Ozzy. I can't say... Tony because if I had cut my fingertips off I would have quit the business and hung myself I have no (laughs) strong constitution And I never would have been able to create something that amazing And I can't say geezer because I'm not disciplined enough To stay with a vegan lifestyle And I don't have the creativity to come up with the type of lyrics He came up with Yeah, Um, I would say Bill um, Because he was the one that they sent to talk to Ozzy To boot him out And he loves Ozzy um, and I would say, I would say Bill, uh, and I love Bill Ward and he's sober and he's, you know, he's such a fucking, you can't not like Bill. Yeah. Ward. So I would say Bill Ward, not that I think I'm a great guy, but Bill was the odd man out. I think in Sabbath, like when they reunited, they used Tommy Clefito, so not him. So I would say, uh, Bill.
1: Okay. I, I think I would say I'm Ozzy because I've, I, I have energy. I am the front man. And uh, I have uh, snorted ants. Oh, okay. Probably. That's definitely, yeah. They made their way into yeah. it. Like, you know, <laughs> I used to do, I used to do, but not Coke though. I did, I did it with painkillers. Yeah. Like, you okay? You're, are you dying? All right. Let's, let's, let's start wrapping this up. I've got questions from some people. that uh, I put out the, the, uh, I put out the smoke signal. Well, actually here, let's read some of the, the accolades for this record. Oh, let's do Black Sabbath all together. Black Sabbath has sold over 70 million records worldwide, including 15 million in the U.S., 8 million in the 1970s alone, which is really impressive. Yep. They're inducted to the UK Music Hall of Fame in 2005 and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2006. They've been presented two Grammy Awards for Best Metal Performance, and in 2019, the band were presented the Lifetime Achievement Award at the Grammys. This record uh released february 97 it peaked at number eight in the uk and number 23 in the us and spent over a year on both the charts three months later they went back in the studio to record their oh no 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 that was evil woman where the fuck is this one
2: evil woman is a a cover song that i happen to love and it's on some versions of the uh of black sabbath the first record ozzy does not like that version or that song um i happen to love it And there's also a few other songs they did that never made it to records. There's a Black Sabbath song called The Rebel. It's one of my favorite Sabbath songs ever. It's not on any records. It almost sounds like a sitcom theme. It's from like 1969. Uh, But I wish The Rebel, I wish he had more love for The Rebel. But if uh, if
1: you, for me, okay, do you think that a starting off place, like, and this is for all the fans too, do you think Master of Reality is a good starting off place if you're going to get into Black Sabbath?
2: Yeah, but I would probably start like... I don't know how other people consume music. Like, I would say that if you listen to Paranoid, you're going to hear a couple of songs you're really familiar with that you probably already like. Yeah. Everybody likes Iron Man. Everybody likes Paranoid. Everybody likes uh, uh, War Pigs. And then you hear Electric Funeral. Uh, and there's some of Fairies where Boots is on that record. But then again, Master Reality is just, it's fucking heavy. I mean, uh, uh, it's, it's very underrated too. Like, after Forever, everybody talks about Children of the Grave. Uh, Sweet Leaf's a big song I love Sweet Leaf The I Lord love... of This World is fucking amazing After Forever I remember using uh, either After Forever or Children of the Grave I wrote them as lyrics and gave them to my gym teacher because he accused Sabbath of being devil worshippers After Forever And I gave him that. He goes, oh, I was wrong. These guys are wrong because he was like a real religious Christian who eventually died of a coke overdose. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fuck
1: him, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Just do coke. Just don't... Christ, coke, same thing. (laughs) Um, That's funny that you said Into the Void because that's probably one of my favorite songs on this. It's incredible. It's it's Tony's... uh, He's cited as saying it's one of his favorite Black Sabbath songs ever. Um, I also feel like Into the Void is like... This is... It's... Dude, it is such a like... Like you know that 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 style of music stoner metal. Uh, I would put like early Queens of the Stone Age. Do you, you like them, Queens of the Stone Age?
2: From, I don't love them, but not really? because they, not because they, I think they're bad. I just never listened to them.
1: Really? Yeah, no. You should listen listen to their first. I think you fuck if you like this, you would love Queens of the Stone I Age. I love
2: Dave Grohl, but um...
1: but this is i I'm talking about the stuff that they played before he even joined the band. Oh, for that, okay. he only came in for one record. I'm oh. talking. You go back. They had a band called Caius kaius there's another band called fu manchu that is so this record and then there was that band that came out in like the mid 2000s called wolf mother do you remember that sure sure. do you like them because that's just a blatant ripoff of this
2: they're like a zeppelin they sound more like zeppelin but they were good they i I enjoyed them yeah they're
1: i mean that first record was actually pretty good uh but i listening to that and then listening to sabbath you're like you're like oh you see the influence oh my god yeah and, and Soundgarden covered Into the Void on Bad Motorfinger. Oh. Um Yeah, dude, this is like this, this band. I mean, this is not, this ain't your mama's band. I mean, this is, you know, fucking After Forever.
2: Amazing song.
1: Sweet Leave, Children of the Grave. Hi, this is
0: Paul
2: Phelps.
1: There's so much good shit on this record. Like this, I was so happy to see this come out. And then when it didn't have the big hits on it, I was like, oh, that's cool. Is yeah. that album coming up on the list? Because I would have thought, I didn't know how many records from them were gonna be on there. And I was almost glad that it wasn't War sure, sure, and, yeah. and the agree. other stuff, because it just, it was really like, like you like we were talking about, like, can you start with this record? I think you can start with this sure. record. You know, there's some artists that I do on this podcast, like Bob Dylan, and he's got a million records in this on this list that we're going off of. And what sucks is I'm they they all the good shit by Dylan that you should listen to first are are in years from now. They're like in in 2026 is when we'll fucking get to them. Yeah, we're starting with his older shit. Like time out of mind, I don't know if you've ever listened. It's just, it's like every song seven minutes long, and it's just about Jesus and death, and about an old man and then a Native American. It's just the same thing uh, for a for a seventy minute record, and and so people are like, you know, I'm sitting down with these guests talking to them about Bob Dylan that love Dylan because they started the way you're supposed to start with the earlier shit, yeah. and so this record came in later so they can appreciate it. And I feel bad when I have to go, you know, I just didn't, I didn't like it because it's, I don't know if this is a, the record I should have listened to first. Right.
2: Does that make sense? A hundred percent. Yeah. And don't forget Children of the Grave is on this album, which was a very big song for them. And there's a weird little piece of music. It's a, it's a very short guitar thing called Embryo that I only does right before, which is yeah. one of my favorite things in music. Yeah. It's just this little weird guitar thing he does and it flows into Children of the Grave. Check out uh, National Acrobat. Might be my favorite Sabbath song, or "Under the Sun" off Volume Four. Okay. Yeah, "National Acrobat" and "Under the Sun" are two great Sabbath songs that are not hits. All
1: right, all right. Let's see. We got some questions. I put the smoke signal out uh, from some of the fans, and I said I'm going to be talking to you today about it. From Roger, Notorious RGA, he's asking, uh, "Did you ever get the Beatles book books to Ozzy?"
2: I did not. No, um, Ozzy. One year for his birthday, we were interviewing him on the radio. Now, this is before I really, I knew it's 2009. So I knew him, but not like that, enough. And I bought him a birthday gift. I bought him three Beatles books. They weighed a total of 18 pounds. And uh, I was presented them and he opened them. And he told me he thought I was gay because of the way I was, like I was almost hitting on it. It was very funny. He was, and then he just left them there. He forgot them and walked out. And the uh, other people on the radio show were very happy that that happened.
1: Oh, I love that. All right. Yeah, dude. Roger is a, is a fucking lifelong fan of the show. I love him. He comes to a bunch of shows. Big shout out to him. All right. Uh, did you ever take mushrooms and listen to Sabbath?
2: No, I don't, I never did mushrooms. I mean, I'm sure I listened to them under the influence of whatever else I was doing, but no, never mushrooms.
1: Okay. Um, so wait, what drugs have you listened to, just weed?
2: Just, you know, pot, coke, you know what I mean? Uh, mescaline or crank. Good. I haven't done drugs in a long time.
1: What's a, what, what do you think, if you were gonna listen to Black Sabbath, which drug would you recommend people take?
2: I would suppose get high, just do an edible or smoke, because pot's so much better now than it was when I smoked it. Yeah. So I would say probably just get high and enjoy it. I'm not gonna say do coke, you know, run around all day, <laughs> fucking, you know, you know, trying to figure out the lyrics to "Into the Void" <laughs> as you bite the inside of your lips. <laughs> all
1: right, I'm gonna ask. That was from Enrique Henry Calderon. Uh, all right, this is from Al Richie Richardson. Somebody asked, "Whatever happened to the Big Boy Made a Duty video?"
2: I don't know. Somebody might have uh, pulled it offline. It was just an old radio show, but I have no oh, idea. Okay. Sorry
1: about that, dude. That's okay. All yeah, right, you know. go. Ask, This is from Danny Rivera. Ask him, since this is a Rolling Stone list, and years ago on ONA, he said that Rolling Stone magazine doesn't pay them their proper respect. Has your opinion changed?
2: No. I mean, I think that they've acknowledged that Sabbath is contributing because the amount of bands... That say they are contributing And the reason Sabbath got in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Is Ozzy finally just said take us off the list We're sick of it The fact that they had to wait 10 years to get in um, So no I, I never thought Rolling Stone Or a lot of magazines They didn't give Zeppelin their credit at the beginning either Yeah, um, They would attack Zeppelin all the time So I would say uh, No um, I'm happy that they're on this list Are there any other albums on this list? Paranoid Let me check Oh
1: I know I've got that I've got that We've got And I can tell you where this Because this is the 2012 list we're doing Okay And the 2020 list came out uh, During the summer of uh, Social Justice so the new list, this was a list made by old white guys, 100%. I mean, some of the bands that are on here, you're like, really? Yeah. yeah How yeah. is this on there sure. and not that? Uh, and the newer list is is multicultural. Yeah. I don't agree with everything that they moved everywhere around. Yeah. Like Beatles, uh, Sgt. Pepper was number one. Now it's number 25.
2: I mean, it's just silly. Yeah, but it's, just it's, it's very
1: silly. Revolver, I think, might have moved up, but it was like the Beatles used to have four albums in the top 10. Now I think they've only got one. What's the number one one? It's, right now, it's Marvin Gaye, What's Going On, which is a great record. That was at number six.
2: It, it is a great record, but I don't think it's better than Sergeant Pepper. I don't either. Uh,
1: so this is the first of three times we'll be talking about Black Sabbath on the 500. Great. Their self-titled debut from ah. 1970 came in at number 243, while Paranoid, also from 1970, came in at 131. Now, On the 2020 re-rank, their self-titled debut dropped to number 355, and Paranoid fell a few spots to 139. But but here we go, Master of Reality climbed 66 spots to number 234.
2: All right, so there you go. Three albums.
1: Do do you out of those three albums, rank what you think they should?
2: Um, I would say of the. I would say my i would i would say it goes master of reality then paranoid and then black sabbath but there's no reason for that i am just
1: that's just you yeah, yeah
2: i mean i can't because it's just i love never say die fucking our last album and they hated each other ozzy doesn't like that record at all i think never say die is one of the best title tracks they did I love it. Yeah. Fucking love it. Yeah. yeah.
1: I love it. I love that you love them. I uh, love that you love them. And I tried to get you on this podcast for years and you were you like, you me. were like, I'm waiting for black Sabbath. Yeah. I was like, that's in three years.
2: We talked about wings at one point, but I wouldn't have been able to do them justice. Like yeah. I actually listened to the record. It might've been banned on the run. It was. And, uh, I liked it. I was like, this is better than I would have thought. Cause I'm not a big fan. But I felt I wouldn't be able to do them justice. I, I wouldn't be able to talk knowledgeably about them other than reverence for McCartney, which everybody has. Um, and I, I didn't want to just... Ma- I wanted to talk about something I really was no, passionate about. You know,
1: yeah. This is so much better. I, I love that, how much you love them. I love the stories. And, uh, and I'm just glad that you live half a block away. Yes. That's even better. It's insane, people. We're not going to say where I live or where he lives, but let's just tell you, we both literally have the same number as we're literally uh, like you go through those buildings. You're in your place, your place much shittier than mine. I live in a palace guys. (laughs) I live in a palace and my dog protects me who ate a blanket. All right. Um, I've got a couple questions. I ask everybody, I'm going to throw an extra one in. Um, I ask everybody these questions. What's your favorite song on this record? Into the void. Me too.
2: I could have easily said children of the grave though, but I'm going to say into the void.
1: All right, what song, and I got to pull up which one I picked, which song on this record do you skip over?
2: I don't skip over any. I'm going to guess the answer for a lot of people would be Solitude because it's such a pace change. Yeah. Um, I happen to love that song, but I I can't say any. There's no songs on here I skip. I, I love... Lord of this world, and I love Into the Void, Solitude. I love Embryo, and Children, I love all of them.
1: Yeah, because yeah, I was gonna say it's like maybe you skip over Orchid, like because but I'm like nah, it's oh, just, Orchid. Yeah, I, I, it. I, I think this album flows, but I, I Solitude is actually the one that I was like, yeah, it just doesn't know if it fits completely on the record. Yeah,
2: but it's not a bad song. I know what you mean, but every every album has. There's a great song they did on Technical Ecstasy called "She's Gone," about a relationship ending. Ozzy, like again, that changes on volume four he always put something that i think he liked to have that change of pace yeah
1: well i i mean it's i was putting on i don't want to say your name but i was putting on my amazon music thing and i just had black sabbath playing and then they're it's like hard rock heavy metal heavy metal and then changes comes on yeah. and it was such a nice palette cleanser yeah. that it was like oh and then then it went back to another hardcore song sure. and you're like oh my god that's i needed that yeah. i needed changes all right this is a two-part question sure uh one is this a fuckable album and two if you have a sex playlist already what song are you pulling off this record to put on the sex playlist
2: um i don't have a sex playlist if i did play anything during sex it'd be taps um but i would say that uh no this is not a fuckable playlist it makes you feel aggression or it makes you feel like uh, something, but not sexual. Like I think my dick would just lay on my balls no, during this record. Really? Yeah. I think you can fuck to this. I can't have sex to music. Really? No. I'm all music. Never. I'm all music. Never. never, never. I get too distracted.
1: You know who else you that you completely said the exact same thing was Brandon Boyd from Incubus. Oh, really? Because he said, but he said it in a much more like you know when you're having sex with somebody, you're merging with them and you're connecting on a level that's deeper, oh. and you need to be present. And you're just like, yeah, dude, it'll affect my dick.
2: Yeah, because <laughs> that's the truth of it. You know, that merging shit can can, can take a, a fucking hike. Here's the problem: whenever I'm fucking somebody, I'm pretending there's someone else, yeah. and the music screws me up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Touche All right. Uh, I'll do, I'm
1: going to ask this question and then I'm going to do the final one. Um, What is your favorite uh, Ozzy Osbourne story in the history of Ozzy Osbourne? Doesn't have to be one that you're involved with, but also then it's going to be a two-part question. What's your favorite story uh, that you've ever had with any rock star, including Ozzy? Uh,
2: My favorite Ozzy story. Wow. Um, uh, Boy, let me think. There's one where apparently Sharon came home. They were on a hotel in Japan. Yeah. And Ozzy forgot that she was on the road with him and brought a Japanese hooker back to the hotel room and he forgot Sharon was on the road with him. (laughs) I think that (laughs) perhaps it had a couple of drinks. Uh, That might be one. Um, I I mean, the ant one is fine, but that's not my my favorite shitting in the shoes is, is one of my favorites, but I think that Japanese hooker, that's great. Cause he's so afraid of his wife. I just think like, what a fuck up that that is.
1: <laughs> oh, sure. No, sorry. This is, uh, I yeah, don't know who yeah. she is.
2: <laughs> she, are you dropping off towels? <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Well, put your clothes back on. I don't know if that's true. I hope it is. Um, I don't know if that story is true. I would say my favorite story with Ozzy, probably it's not even a great story, would be getting a ride from him to go see Sabbath when he was playing. I've gotten to go with Ozzy a couple of times wow. to travel to the venue. So just sitting next to him in the back seat for an hour, just talking and having conversations, uh, and then going to see them, standing there on the side of the stage and watching Black Sabbath. Wow. I don't think any... Him introducing me in my special was pretty amazing. He introduced me. Which one? Um, It was... Uh, not a mouthful of shame. Uh, it might have been content. No, that was Michael K. Williams. It was probably, um, oh. oh, God, I did it in 2012. Did you say Michael Kenneth Williams? He introduced me in one of them, that, yeah. That's he's, that's
1: my, well, I mean, he was my buddy yeah. in Baltimore. I he's such a good dude, man. Love like, him. I when he worked on The Wire, I worked on The Wire. We were neighbors in Baltimore. Oh. And we fucking partied together. Yeah. We partied. I'm going to, I, I got to tell you the story, but one night we all went out partying. I was hooking up with this girl and we went back to my place and me and the girl went upstairs and him and my roommate were downstairs. And then I'll tell you what happened. My, as I'm up there with the girl, he starts walking upstairs and my roommate's like, what are you doing? And he goes, he just looks at my room and goes, I like to watch. And then he, and then I'm in my bed with my eyes closed, getting a blow job and the girl's butts here and the door is like right there and I look up and there's Mike just standing in the doorway. I'm like, Mike, what are you doing? And he's just like, oh, my bad. He starts closing the door like (laughs) Good
2: for him. Good for him. And and that
1: was it. (laughs) That was it.
2: Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Omar's coming, dude. You bet he is. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, Please Be Offended was the special uh, where Ozzy, uh, I wanted him to into camera. Please welcome Jim Norton, and it would be shown on a giant screen. Uh, When I came out on stage so he did that from his toilet in his house. I love that. Yes, so that's probably my favorite
1: I love that. All right, Uh, and then the last question. What is your elevator pitch to get somebody to listen to this record?
2: Um, It's probably the heaviest record they did Um, Lyrically, it's really brilliant there's stuff on there like After Forever, which is a great departure lyrically and thematically from what they had done. Yeah. And fucking Tony's guitar work is amazing. Yeah. I'm a really bad elevator pitcher, so I don't have a television yeah. show. I, I like, suck. I was like, dude, you're listen not- to it. I love it. <laughs> I fucking love it. There's my elevator pitch. Ozzy's fucking great in this. Tony's fucking great in this.
1: <laughs> oh god. Uh promote away, please. Anything you want to promote?
2: Uh jimnorton.com if you want to see me. A bunch of gigs coming up. And uh that's about it.
1: Follow your social media too. You've been posting videos and they're great, man. Thank the you. It's usually me fu- bombing,
2: yeah, yeah, dude. But you bomb with such grace. Thank you, such grace. I've uh, adapted to it. Yeah, I'm used to it. Um, I, yeah, just go go to my social media. I don't uh put stuff up that much, but when I do, I try to be interesting.
1: Do it. Uh, you. Were, this is great. Thank, Thank you. you buddy. This was fun. I loved it. The one and only Jim Norton, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, follow him on all social media at Jim Norton. And check out jimnorton.com for his fall 2022 tour dates. He rules. He rules. Go see him. For listener shout out one more time, DJ Morty Coyle. I fucking love you, buddy. Uh, he's he's the man. He's my recommendation for for bands to go see. He's just like, go see this man. All right, but we got a new one for you for new music. We have the Toronto-based hardcore punk band Cancer Bats who actually put out a Black Sabbath tribute album in 2013 under the name Bat Sabbath. You're listening to the song Psychic Jailbreak off their 2022 album of the same name, and you can find the links at the500podcast.com. We want your music. Send us your song, and we will play it. I don't care if it's farting into a microphone. We will play it. 500 podcasts at gmail.com. Send the song there. Next week, it's Weezer week. Uh, We're doing their blue record. Dig it.